Welcome back to the Godly Young Men Podcast. This is episode 52, episode 2 of our new year of 2024. Uh, Thank you to all the faithful listeners and watchers out there. We are coming back strong with another episode that I think is, is, or I hope, I guess I should say, is going to be very helpful for for a lot of young men um, in the church, young men that are starting the new year looking for ways to grow, looking for ways to improve. That's something we talked about two episodes ago, actually with our last episode of 2023, Kind of how to self-evaluate. Obviously, we emphasize goal setting and and looking for ways to grow and improve yourself. We're we're somewhat going to – we're not going to continue that discussion. We're going to have a discussion that's adjacent to that in today's episode. We're going to talk about how to increase – really how to like supercharge your worship, I guess. How to get better in worship. And and we're going to answer the question of why this matters here in just a second because there might be some godly young men listening going, okay, first of all, what does that mean? And second of all, why does that matter? Um, but I would encourage everybody is again, this is the second week of January that this is launching and you know, everybody's thinking in the new year about how can I get better? How can I grow? How can I improve? I want to encourage everybody listening and watching. Well, I mean, what better place to start than with your worship to God? That's right. Um, I think every, I mean, this is something I can know. I can say for myself that I would like my worship to be better that I would like to be in it. Not that it's a performance, but that you want to get more out of worship, I guess. And you want to worship God more, um, in a more spiritual way, I guess. And so, Joe, I don't know if you want to elaborate kind of on our thoughts for why we wanted to go with this episode and then get, and then get into why does this matter? Maybe we'll yeah. together. Like, why does this matter for godly young men? Yeah, I think as a godly young man, you better have a strong desire to supercharge your worship. And, and the way I look at worship is this is kind of like the battle call. We're prepping to go out into the world. You think of Ephesians 6, right, with, with the taking up the armor of God. Every first day of the week that we come together to to sing songs of praise and to pray to God and to hear the sermon, this is very much like we are prepping for battle. We have something going this next week, right, where we're going to be challenged by Satan. It's going to be the spiritual force, uh, forces of darkness. It's very important for us to get that part right and to really yeah. take this seriously, take the call to battle very seriously, where we are getting our mind right, because this is what leads off the rest of the week. That's why it's the first day of the week. We come together on the first day of the week it sets the tone for really the rest of the week. And so if you're lackadaisical and you're not really paying attention, you didn't really prep for it, you know, it's kind of habitual. You yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. It's just going through the motions, what yeah. you do. You're going to find that the, your walk with God the rest of the week may suffer. Yeah. And so get this well, one right. And let's face it. A lot of young men are not really expected to do much at all right. as far as this category goes and uh, this department of their life, increasing their participation or their, even their excitement in worship. There, there's not there's not that many expectations. It's hey, did you show That's up? Exactly it. Great. I mean, most of the time your people aren't even checking if if your lips are moving when they're song, when they're singing. Um, and so obviously we're striving for greatness with the Godly Man podcast. We're going to call you to more. And, you know, that's something that we've always claimed to do on this podcast. We'll continue to do. So we've got several categories that we want to look at with this episode um, as far as like how to increase, how to improve. The first area we're going to look at is how to increase or improve your focus in worship. And the, the emphasis of this is going to be on the mental side of yep. things. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at each element of worship. Um, and we're going to basically ask again, how can we increase and improve the focus so that the mental component of it, the next category is going to be more so the physical. How do you increase and improve your participation? Yep. So less mental and more on the physical side of things. They're going to blend together for sure. Um, but again, what are things you can do to increase and to improve the, the way you participate physically in worship? And then last but not least, we're going to talk about how do you improve or increase your role? Like actually yeah. as godly young men serving in worship. And so again, there's areas for growth in all three of these, but Joe, let's start with focus, um, kind of the mental side of things. Yeah. And I'm glad you laid it out this yeah. way because 
it really is a progression. If you sure. get your mind right, the actions will follow. If you get your actions right, you'll be more bold to then take a leadership or, or to step up they in your role. They are kind of sequential, aren't they? So exactly. Yeah. I find them to be sequential where the mental game, as we get, you know, kind of kick this off with focus, that is where a lot of people, it's just a swing and a miss, man. I, yep. I, and this is me. I speak to myself as well. Sometimes it's very difficult to mentally prepare. And, and I would say this starts on Saturday night. You really want to start your mental preparation because by the time you get up on Sunday morning, you're rushing around, you're trying to grab breakfast, you know, maybe you overslept or whatever it may be. Kids. Sometimes it's exactly <laughs> when you got kids, it's really difficult. Sometimes it's difficult to just lock in when it comes to focus. And so we want to start with that of getting this right, the mental preparation, right? And the first thing I would say, we don't have this as, as, as part of the outline, but again, take time on Saturday night, maybe to listen to, to some songs, right? You can, if you got Spotify, Keith Lancaster, um, there's multiple acapella, and, and so that's what I listen to. You try to get your mind right. One of the hardest things, and I don't know if this is for you, this is because I'm a major procrastinator. Saturday <laughs> nights are difficult because that's a lot of times when I'm prepping You're prepping your sermon. Your sermon yeah. And so, yeah, you stay up <laughs> hey, late. Hey, at least your mind's already focused there on what you're doing. There you go. It's already focused on, yeah. on God. But you stay up late, and you're not really, I mean, yes, you're you're focusing on, on God, but it's on the sermon instead. And so that's something I'm really going to try in the new year, something I'm going to work on is just increasing my focus on Saturday to prep for what we're about to do on Sunday. So as we get into it, unless there's something I was going to say, real in. quick, this is made increasingly difficult if and when you have kids. I know we have some listeners that yes, are in their yes. 20s and they might have kids. And I, I certainly don't intend on using my kids right now as an excuse. However, I will say right now, if you don't have kids, man, work on this right now. Absolutely. And really get into the habit and, and kind of perfect that muscle memory of, of your, again, your focus mentally, your your physical participation, all these things. Because there will be a time in your life if you have kids, it's not that you can't do it, but man, it gets a whole lot yeah. harder for a time. Not not for a long time, but four times. So right. Put that out there. We, we just had our fourth kid and uh, <laughs> it's, it's a nightmare. I don't know how my wife does it. I think my... The fourth my, uh, kid is not a nightmare, by the way. Yeah, no, no, that's, no, that's no, not no. what he No, he's great. He's he's a breeze uh, compared to some of the other kids. <laughs> We're not picking favorites here. Yeah, no, no, no. But when it comes to worship, is what I mean. Like you yeah. got kids crawling on you. You got kids wanting up. You're in the middle of the Lord's supper. Trying, really trying to keep quiet. Trying to keep like... your, exactly. You're and you're trying to keep your mental focus. And so as we get into it, where where you first lose it, and what kind of is the biggest thing I would say, um, taking up the amount of worship is singing. Yeah, something you're going to have the most participation, and we'll get into participation. But as far as the mental focus goes, man, I find this to be a difficult one for me. Where kids will, you know, during the prayer, they're tapping you and whatever else. But it's during the songs, it's it's super cute to see them sing. But you're also because they want to sing along, like they're climbing up and down the pews, and it's difficult. Now, again, not all, not everybody has kids. So what is something we can do to supercharge our focus during singing? And you're actually the one that came up with this. I think this is fantastic, which is you need to vividly think about the words that you're singing and what they actually mean and what they mean to you specifically. So you can, and, and if you don't know what they mean, I think it's, uh, raise, here I raise my Ebenezer. Like, if you don't know what that yeah. is, obviously your mind goes to Scrooge, most likely. <laughs> Ask questions. What is this? Go talk to some older member of the congregation and, and say, what, is, what does that mean if you don't know what it is? But I like that you put this. You need to be very, very mixing two words, very um, focused on what the words mean, yep. vividly paying attention to, right, and thinking about what you're singing because it's so easy to go through the motions and it's like, it, yeah, I sang, you got to the end of it, you got nothing out of the song Especially service. for those of us who grew up in the church where you know all the songs. And so you can you can very easily, yeah. mindlessly sing. Because oh, we've sang I'll Fly Away a thousand times. We've <laughs> yeah. sang No Tears in Heaven a hundred thousand times. And so you sing, and you, again, like you said, you get done, it's like, what did I even just sing? Yeah. It is so mindless. And so this, talk about something that you mentally have to work on and, and focus on, is just 
as you're singing some glad morning when this life is or I'll fly away, what are you saying? What are you yeah. seeing? What do those words mean? Um, you know, in the morning of joy, again, we could rattle off so many songs that if you're not careful, you can let the meaning and there are some powerful songs sure. out there, some very, very well written songs that I think are meant to to drive some emotion. And, you know, if you're not even thinking about it, you're going to skip that step. we got a lot to cover, so we're going to try not to spend three minutes on every single point, or this will be a long episode. I'm going to say this real yeah. fast. Yeah, we're going to get to prayer. The thing on singing, when you don't have a great voice, looking at myself, it's easy to pay attention more to the music and to the, you know, to the notes going up and down, trying to hit it. Okay, am I a tenor? Am I a bass? Where do I fit? And I can find myself going up and down and trying to match that more than the words. If that's the case, that's and I've gotten to the point, there are songs where it's like, just sing melody. That's okay. You don't have to hit the exact bass note. Just sing melody. It's more important for you to pay attention to the words than to get the four-part harmony correct, is all I'd say. That's a great point. Um, Let's get us into prayer, though. You go ahead and take this one. Yeah, so as far as, you know, how can you better focus and and more of a mental thing, this is something that I probably should have put this on the physical now I'm looking at it, it, but we'll kind of interchange them. Um, I would say if if you're somebody like me who struggles sometimes to keep my thoughts from wandering and focus on the prayer... It really does help to close your eyes and actually fold your hands. It does. Why do we teach kids to do that? So they don't get distracted, so that their eyes are not wandering around looking, so that their hands don't start fidgeting with stuff. Well, we kind of lose that when we get older, right? We do whatever. This that's the again, the kind of simple. It's it's not something that, you know, oh man, Will, that's some groundbreaking stuff right there. No, but I I think it really does help with focus of to actually you don't have to fold your hands, but you know, sit like this or, or whatever it is and bow your head and close your eyes. There's something about going through those physical things, I think, that help with the mental focus of what you're actually well, doing. Well, posture is everything. And this is why the Catholics, we don't do this, but the Catholics actually have you kneel down. They have yeah. kneeling benches. It's because they understand the importance of posture. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not advocating Catholicism here, but I like that they put that There's thought into it. There's a principle there. There's a principle there of like, you better humble yourself in the eyes of God. And that's when we come to the prayer, you have to recognize you're stepping before the great I am. The, the creator of the universe. You need to understand from a mental perspective, understand who you're approaching instead of, oh, well, you know, I'll just pray anytime. You know, it, we kind of, it loses its effect when you know you can pray 24-7. Every single time you step in prayer, especially when somebody's leading your mind in prayer, recognize what you're doing, which is you are ascending your, your thoughts, your mind, your focus up to the creator of the universe. Do not take that lightly and do not make this just a, a trivial matter where it's like, oh man, I don't even know what he said. Yeah. Sometimes, the other thing I'll say, and we can move on, I'll let you get Lord, Lord's Supper. The other thing I'll say, some guys will have marathon prayers. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. They will get up there, they'll say a 10 minute prayer, you are losing focus. We've all been there. You know, don't, don't beat yourself up too much. At the same time, what I try to do is focus on some of the word, like a specific word. So yes, you want to focus on those things, but like the concepts he's saying, sometimes it's like, oh man, have anchor words throughout the prayer. This may be weird, and I don't know if this anybody no, else does this, but me. like, yeah. have anchor words throughout the prayer of, okay, he's talking about families. Yeah, yeah, he's praying for the families. Okay, and then you recognize what he's praying for, and then okay, no, he's praying for the military. Okay, and then like, you know what I mean? So you're recognizing. I've got, I've got an go. interesting question that I'm going to ask in the physical section of of this. So we'll, I'll hold that thought. Okay, um, but it's tied to kind of what you're saying. Let's move on, Lord's Supper. Yeah. How do you improve and increase kind of your focus, your mental participation? I guess. Um, for the Lord's Supper. I'm curious what you do. I put some of the things down that I do, and so if you got anything different, um, feel free to add. But a lot of times I try to just picture Jesus' crucifixion night. Hmm. I try to go back, and, and that's why, to me, it is very, very helpful when I'm at a congregation. And I think we do a pretty good job of this at Jackson Temple, uh, Church of Christ, where we worship. Of They sing a song before that is centered around 
maybe not necessarily the crucifixion, but Jesus Christ. Sure. You know, in the hallelujah, garden. What a savior, hallelujah, yeah. what a savior. Um, there's some garden ones, uh, you know, or when I survey the wondrous cross is, is a good one as yeah. well. But I try to go back to the crucifixion night. Think about, again, the body that was broken, the, the blood that was shed. Picture it vividly. Again, that's something that I try to do. Um, and then this is this is one that you can put on for, for the prayer as well. But I put on here, you have to diligently fight off wandering thoughts because it is yeah. hard. It's, it, yes, it is. Go ahead. I was going to say it's quiet. There, there's distra- A lot of times that's, again, when the kids want to act up the most, oh, there's yeah. distracting sounds and you know, you're watching the people pass the stuff. Sometimes it's easy to let your your thoughts wander. You have to diligently fight that off. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's a that's a fantastic one. I've never actually told anybody this as to what I envision. I don't think I've told my wife this. When I start kind of, you know, I, I go into my little almost trance mode is what it feels yeah. like. You know, kids are, and I very much try to push the kids aside, which maybe is horrible because my wife has to deal with them. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm trying to get my, <laughs> my mind in a positive, in a good place. And I actually picture seeing Jesus on the cross and him like making eye contact with really? me yeah. and me like seeing and him basically being like, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And very, very personal, right? Like you want to make this as personal as possible to you where it's like, yeah, he died for everybody. Yes, he did. But he also died, died for, for you. you. Yeah. He died specifically and your sins put him on the cross. And so the reason he has to give up his, his flesh, the reason he has to spill his blood is for you because of the sin like that, that, that you did or that I did to put him on the cross. And so I make it more on the personal end of like me walking the path up to Golgotha and I've never been there, so I don't know what it looks like, but just in my mind, what that looks like and seeing Jesus carry the cross. And so I'm with you you go to the night of the crucifixion, you try to envision, I put myself in that world a little bit of like, what would that have been? The crowd screaming and watching him carry, struggle with the cross, watching it nailed to the cross. Like there's a, to use the word vivid again, it's just vivid yeah, and it makes it stick all that much more. So I like what you said of make sure that you're, you're picturing something I would say, and that helps fight off all the crazy wandering thoughts that come through and what's for lunch next and everything else. Last and not least, as we're thinking about focus, we're really working on our mental game. We bring, we come to the sermon, and you and I both preach, and so I hope that I'm checked in for most of the sermons. <laughs> there are some sermons You're up there I like, oh man, where have I been the last five minutes? Seriously, yeah. yeah. There are some sermons you get to the end, it's like, man, I don't know what I said, but it was it's just coming out. Um, most of the time, that's those are the case. ones you say up till three a.m. Yeah, that's the night exactly it. Like, yeah. I don't know how I got through. Um, but I would say mentally follow the progression of the message. Yeah, uh, that's. The- yeah, it, it's easier when there's a three-part outline or whatever, which is what we joke about being the, the Church of Christ uh, sermon, right, is the three-part outline. But whatever it is, n- try to follow the progression of like, okay, there's point one, there's point two, there's point three, maybe point four, five, whatever he has. This is made very easy or difficult depending on your preacher. I I, That's very I will grant you that. This one is, it's still in your control. Um, and Because when I put this down, I'm like, okay, mentally, because we're going to talk about taking notes and stuff in the physical participation section, but like, as far as mental, what's something I do and something that I try to do is try to get like you mentally follow the progression of like, where is he headed? What is he trying to say? What is the overall message that he's trying to communicate? What, what, ev- what scriptural evidence is he using to support that? What are some things? Am I learning anything? I ask yeah. myself all these questions and I will grant you that is difficult to do if you have a preacher who tends to kind of rabbit chase and starts over here talking about this and then ends up over here and you're like, well, how did he get over here? And then by that time he's already way over here and you're like, how does that relate? And sometimes it just doesn't relate. We're going to have an episode here soon about preachers and preaching talent and things. I'll, I'll, I'll leave yep. it at that. I, I understand not everybody's easy to do this with, but to the best of your ability, I would say, yep. try to just follow the message. Logically follow, you know, is, what, again, ask yourself, what are you learning? Uh, again, what is the preacher trying to say? Because what that does is that forces you to, again, listen to the words that he's saying and then process the words yep. that he's saying versus just 
hearing is, you know, sitting in the in the pew and then listening like Charlie Brown's teacher up there. Wah, 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 like you're not listening. <laughs> Follow the progression. That's what I would say. Anything else to if add? If they're on good that? homiletically, uh, you should be able to pick out. And this is not me. I'm not good. So sorry. Uh, Will Will has to listen to me all the time, and I feel bad because I probably am one I'm of those sorry, wandering along. To I know what homiletically means, but just cause sorry, everybody else. Knows. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. No, homiletics is just the art of preaching, basically, right, like yeah. you know, the art of public speaking. And so, um, from a homiletic perspective, there should be what they call some people call it the SOS, some people call it the uh, the thesis statement. Mm-hmm. But if they are a good homiletic preacher. A lot of times they'll have the thesis statement, which is like the main point, and it's just and a one sentence thing, and they build case, everything so. around it. If your preacher is like that, where he's not chasing rabbits, you may be able to point out, like, okay, this is the point. I'm not great at it. That's not really my style. I used to do that, and it's very structured. But something like that. Try to find the structure. Try to find the progression. Try to find what Regardless, you're saying. Regardless, you're, you're thinking about it. Correct. That's the key. That's the key. You're, is you're thinking about it. it. We got a lot more to get to. So let's jump into the participation, which is more the physical end. So once we get our mind right, like we said, there's a progression here. You get your mind right. You've prepped the night before. You've really been involved and engaged in the in the worship. Now we come to the participation. And you're still in the pew at this point. Correct. Like you're still sitting, but like it's more so, what am I physically doing? Um, and so for singing, I'll start there, Joe, and then I'll let you yep. add, and then maybe we can go to the, the prayer section right after this. But for singing, you have to actually sing out. Right. It drives me nuts when I see young people, especially young men, because if a young man is 17, barely singing, you know, not really, you know, engaged in worship, what do you think he's going to be as a 37-year-old dad? The exact same way, yep. nine times out of ten. Yep. And so guess what example that's going to set for his kids? Like, it just burns me so badly when I see young... And I know it's not always the case. They're trying to be cool, whatever. They'll grow out of it, maybe. But a lot of times I see 17, 18-year-old young men who are not singing out, lips are barely moving. All I can think of is, in 20 years, they're going to be doing the exact same thing, setting an example for their kids that is not a good one. Right. And so start the habit now, regardless of how good you think your voice is. This is not American Idol that we're going to. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Sing out. Yeah. Actually sing out. Trust me. This is something that I wish people would realize more that, you know, man, I don't want the singing to sound bad because of my voice. The singing is sounding bad because people aren't singing out. Yeah. And so as a godly young man, knowing you're going to be an example for your kids one day as a husband and a father... Man, start that habit now of singing. That's a soapbox for me, so it drives me nuts. But No, I, I think that's great. I that. think that's great. I struggle with it sometimes because of exactly what you said. I don't think my voice is good. That doesn't matter. I went. I think I've told the story before, but when I went to uh, Ghana in West Africa, there's a church like 700. Nobody could carry a tune in a bucket. Four-part harmony meant nothing to them. I mean, it's it, it literally was a foreign concept. Man, the singing was amazing. Even though there were people that couldn't sing, there I bet people they that sang carry out. A tune, yep. they sang out. Every last one of them sang out. It's beautiful, and so you have such an, an opportunity to participate in the worship just by warming up your voice to begin with, right in the morning. That's why, again, in the shower, I'm, I'm singing along to songs from Spotify. You know, some of the some of the um, worship songs and, and acapella and such. Sing out, and don't be afraid to express emotion. I, yep. I love that you put this on here. Don't be afraid to express emotion. There are certain songs that, if you're paying attention to the words. And if you're really recognizing how it's hitting you in the they moment, they invoke emotion. They ought to invoke emotion. There are times where I'm singing it as well with my soul. And quick pet peeve: our song leader, love him to death. I don't know if his son or even if he watches, love him to death. But he skips the second verse of it as well. <laughs> my, with my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious yes, thought. Yes, that's like one of the best verses. Yeah, exactly. Like man, it's been nailed to the cross. He remembers it no more. Like there is a power to that verse. But either way, soapbox of mine. Like I just led that at church a few weeks ago. I really hope I led the second verse. I don't no, I think I you did, did lead the second okay, verse. Okay. He's the only one that doesn't because it's like <laughs> it's just it drives me nuts. I need to talk to him about it. Anyway, 
there is an emotion that comes with that. Hallelujah, what a savior is one of my favorite songs. There's emotion right. that comes with that. Like, I'm sure you got your favorites as well. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid. Well, hey, that's not what tough guys do. You're not a tough guy. All right. <laughs> we, are, exactly right. we are Christians who are here to serve and to worship and, and to, to praise God. And man, there are some things that are just powerful. If you're invested, just be, be other, willing to express it. Other people are encouraged when young people especially are singing out. That's and right. Part of the singing is exhorting one another and encouraging one another in song. Yeah, you can't do that if you're barely singing, your lips are barely moving. So, right. yeah, I could go for a while on this. Let's yep. move on, though, to prayer. Yep. Uh, I'll let you intro this one because I introed the last one. Sure, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, this is the question I was going to ask. I was curious okay. what your thoughts were. when 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 And, again, the, this one, the mental and physical are kind of interchangeable, I guess. But do you think, and this depends on who's leading the prayer, is it acceptable if somebody is leading a public prayer <laughs> – at church for you to kind of be in the pew saying your own prayer? Or do you think you should 100% all the time be following along with the person? And, and by following along, like like you said, like you were talking about earlier, like following the progression, um, thinking about the things that he's praying for. Yeah. Um, I have my answer, but I'm curious, like, if you think that there's one that's greater than the other there. I, I prefer if somebody's going to lead the, the public prayer. And in my opinion, I think you should try to follow along to the best of your ability. Do I think you're sinning if you, if you're not? No, but I really do think there's a power in, and this is why you take it. We'll get into it with the role. You take it seriously when you go to pray. Like you yeah. are leading other people's thoughts in worship, and you're taking the collective there, and you're lifting them up to God, the the sick, and and those who are spiritually struggling, but also the praises to God, the prayers for the congregation, whatever it is. You're taking that on to pray, kind of to lift everybody up in ascension to God. In my opinion. So that's the way I view it. So I always try to pay attention to what they're saying. Uh, I'm not going to lie and say that I've never, you know, had that where somebody's going on and on and I just kind of say my own prayer. That's that's but. the only thing I was going to say is that, like, I, I do feel if you feel like, again, it's a rambler, it's somebody that even, you can even chase rabbits in prayers, man. Yeah, like, you can. If it's something like that, that where you just have tried your hardest and are losing your focus, I personally don't have a problem with you saying, all right, I'm going to recenter and I'm going to maybe have my own prayer time right here. I, I agree with you in the sense that that probably needs to be the exception and not yeah. happen very often. But man, I've, I've been in some prayers where it's like I'm I'm not here right now. Like, Better to pray than working. to be thinking about uh, yeah, the, you know, the your fantasy football, football game or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, the other thing I put on here before we move on is bring a lot of you know you're not going to have a lot of the godly men don't have these, but I would encourage you make a list of the things that you're praying for, notebook, journal, whatever. Right? You know, I wouldn't don't bring your phone out during worship, but if you have it on your phone you know, bring it over to a notepad or whatever. But I put on here, bring that to worship as far as what you can physically do. Now, why might I say that? Well, we have all these announcements of people we're praying for and things we need to be praying for overseas, war, yep. whatever. If you if you you don't write them down and you forget them by the time you get home, it doesn't do you much good. Yeah. Um, so that'd be something else I would say is to bring that so that you can know, okay, oh, so-and-so has surgery this week. That's somebody I really care about. I'm going to pray for them versus, yep. oh, yeah, I'll remember that. Most likely you won't. Grab a bulletin. That would be the other thing. If yep. not, a lot of times we're in the bulletin. Grab a bulletin. Take it home with you. If you want to, stuff it in your Bible. Bring it back and then write notes on the bulletin. Yeah, that's um, good. If there's somebody else. So if, even if you don't have a prayer journal, which I would encourage you to get one. I like that idea. A prayer notebook or whatever. I have my notebook with tons of thoughts, therapy thoughts, God thoughts, you know, in terms of, of devos and everything else. I, I just think it's a good idea to carry one of those around because you always have random thoughts popping through for what could make for... Whatever, and I have my prayer list there where you can add to it. But if that's not the case, grab a bulletin. As far as it goes to the Lord's Supper, we're going to get into Lord's Supper and participation. And this is something that a lot of people, I see a lot of people do. I don't actually do this. Mine is more on the mental end of things. But 
you can turn to a scripture passage. A lot of people choose uh, Matthew 26. It's long, 76 verses, something like that. Isaiah 53 is popular. Isaiah yeah. 53 is popular, exactly. There's a few that you can go to that really brings your heart and, and brings your mind into focus. But that's a physical thing you can do is bring that out. The other thing is you could also go to a Christ-centered hymn. So, for instance, I already mentioned it multiple times, but uh, hallelujah, what a savior. As I believe there's five verses. It's short. Only two stanzas each, I think, or whatever. Two verses each. Um, you can read through that fairly yeah. fast as they're going through. One of my biggest pet peeves for churches is they rush through the Lord's Supper so fast, especially a small church. We we do okay at it, but there's we need not to do a better of, job. Yeah, yeah, we need to do a better job. There's not a ton of pews, so by the time it gets back, it's like, man, I barely had time to really... Let it rest. This is something to, to immediately bring you into it is picking a song, picking a verse, whatever it may be, that's going to bring your mind into focus in that moment uh, instead of allowing all the other distractions. That's specifically if you're really struggling with that mental game. We all have those Sundays where it's just, I don't got it today. My, my mind is really struggling. Okay, pull out your Bible and start reading through to at least center in some way. Yeah, that's really good stuff. I think we need to go ahead and move on because we've still got one more. We got, we got a few more to hit. We're, we're quite a few minutes in. All right, so for the sermon, what do you physically, what can you physically do that's different from what can you mentally do? And I, I already brought up a second ago, take notes, physical. Yeah. You, know, you know, get your pen out, yep. get a notebook out, take physical notes. Um, that's kind of outdated. A lot of people don't do that anymore. And again, it depends on your preacher how easy that is. But talk, man, talk about a way to actively engage not just your mind, but also physically, you're not tempted to, you know, pull out your phone yep. and, and check X, Y, Z. You're just kind of let your eyes gaze and, you know, look around. No, you're, you're taking notes. You're trying to follow. And again, it's going to help. It's it's very, it's linked right along with the trying to follow the progression of the sermon because you're having to write down the notes. Yeah. And so I would recommend taking notes. Um, again, I don't right now because I have kids and it would be a useless endeavor. In in five <laughs> years or so, whenever that that's not going to be an issue anymore as far as trying to keep them quiet. I definitely plan to, to pick that back up because yep. I think it's, it's something that's very helpful. Um, and then the other thing I've got on here, and you comment on both of these and then we'll move on. I love that you put this down. <laughs> I, I put on here, turn to the scriptures that the preacher is referencing in your hard copy Bible. All caps, hard copy. Hard copy. I am not a fan. In fact, you know, my kids are not going to be allowed to have their electronic Bibles out in yeah. worship. I'm a hard copy Bible guy. I think that that's, there's something to for your brain, knowing where stuff is on the page, flipping to, knowing the books of the Bible in order, knowing the, the chat, all these things, man, bring your hard copy. And then as the preacher is expounding upon a passage or whatever, man, be looking at it in your hard copy Bible. And take hard copy notes. I would say the same. Yeah. Some people, oh, I'm taking notes on my phone. No, because you get a buzz. Whoa, you know, the, the Broncos, which nobody cares about the Broncos, I guess. Russell Wilson but, got know, benched. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, wow. And your mind's like, oh, no, no, I'm paying attention. Well, how much did you just miss? Yeah. You know, so put the phone down. Take some hard copy notes. It also helps with, as, as dumb as this may sound, it does help with your handwriting. Um, yeah. It really does when you're taking notes. And you retain better also when you're writing stuff. Correct. Down. You retain better. And yes, I'm I'm on the same train. You have to have a hard copy Bible. I have, you and I have both spoken on this at our congregation of like, hey, make sure. And we still have some. Your some dad's last one of them. I know. I don't know if he, he probably didn't watch or listen to this. He but. has not had a hard copy Bible in I bet you a decade. He's got his iPad and it drives me nuts every time I've seen him. And I've talked to him about it as well. It's like, where's your, I make fun of him. Where's your hard copy Bible? Not, I, ru, I, I, yeah, ruse him a little bit. I don't make fun of my dad. Stays respectful, of course. That's right. Yeah. Stays respectful. But yes, get yourself a hard copy Bible. Do not be like him and <laughs> bring your iPad or so. Or phone. So those are the physical Correct. things. Correct. Get us into the role. Last thing, last here is how to increase or improve your role in worship. So now we're taking that third and final step of you, you've worked on your mental focus and you've got that kind of where it needs to be. Now you've worked on your physical participation of like, what are, what are you doing with your hands, your eyes, you know, what are you physically doing? 
And last but not least, especially for us as godly young men striving for greatness, how do you increase and improve your role leading in worship in all of these? And so let's talk about those very quickly. And Joe, we'll just keep the same order. Let's start with singing. Um, this will be an interesting discussion. You're not a big song leader. I put I'm on not. here, don't be afraid of leading singing. I wish somebody had told me this when I was younger because I wish I would have done it more. I gravitated toward the preaching. We'll get into that. Um, and I thought, well, as long as I preach, I don't have to song lead. No, sometimes you just need somebody to lead a song. I even, we were back here, you know, at your parents' house and uh, doing a Devo. And it still is like, I can't yeah. do it. You know, there, there's this stage fright. And I don't get frightened for nothing. I mean, I could give a 15-minute sermon off the top of my head if I needed to. From that, no problem. You go to lead a song and all of a sudden I about wet my pants. I wish that wasn't the case. And so we're saying this to you now as you're young. Get used to song leading. Get used to, hey, a Devo night. You're just going to lead one song. Get used to that process. Maybe take a pitch pipe if you need. Whatever it's, it is, that's okay. It's one of those things of like, first couple of times it's going to be awkward. Man, does it help to have some reps under your belt. And, right. I, and I didn't put on here, make sure you lead singing all the time. I just put, don't be afraid of leading right. singing. Because, man, we need we need young men who are able to. And I, I don't have the best voice at all. There's a lot of guys that are like, man, my voice. He's a great song leader. I, I appreciate it. One. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are like, man, I don't have a great voice. Everybody, I, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put it, because there are some people that are just not very good at song leading. I would say still, though, don't be afraid of getting up there and doing it, yeah. because some someday you might you might be the only guy in the room. That's right. That might be the only baptized guy in the room, and they're going to need you to lead a song. So don't be afraid. It's not everybody's talent. Some people can't. You know, they're tone deaf or whatever. For the most part, most guys are capable of starting right. a song and having the congregation camp. So don't be afraid of that. Um, start with your favorites, especially if you're a beginner. If you're like, oh, I don't know what song to lead. Just pick your favorite. Lead yeah. your favorite. Blue skies and rainbows. Jesus Seriously, loves me. I mean, yeah. you can be young. Like, whatever works best, whatever you've been singing at home to yourself or with your family, there's a big thing for family worship. If you mm-hmm. are a young dad, man, institute family worship. Get used to singing these songs. And get, get your boys to... singing as that's well. That's exactly kids, it. Yeah. Get them singing with you. So start with your favorites. I think that's good. Uh, again, carry a pitch pipe if you're really worried about it. I it's not a big a deal. No, uh, if yeah. you're if you're in front of like 250 member congregation, they may want you to. Most of the time, man, take it easy. You're just trying to lead to the best of your ability. But if they are sticklers, there's no harm in having a pitch pipe up there. And last but not least, I would say use lad to leaders, uh, lads to leaders. Um, I think there was LTC leadership training for Christ. I think that's more of the liberal end. Uh, I don't know. From uh, we never did one, yeah. L2L, but uh, we did LTC. It's for popular a bit. here in the Bible Belt. Yeah. It's very popular down here, and I love it because. I have my beef with it from from time to time, but I love the concept sure. of training well, young men just how to do these things, and so engage with this. Well, and I, the reason I put it on here, and we got to move on, but like my dad taught me so many things that I'm so grateful he did. And best public speaking mentor teacher that I've ever had. He's so knowledgeable, so many things. One of the things he could not teach me how to do a song lead because he just does, he's he doesn't lead singing. That's not something he does. And so if I were to just go, oh, well, I guess I can't lead singing. No, there's stuff like lads to leaders. And so I would encourage you to take advantage of that. We're not going to talk about all that right now. But if you have opportunities like that, take advantage of it. Ask a man in your congregation as well. Yeah, Somebody who's good at it. An elder or whatever. Prayer. Yes, as far as it goes to prayer, if you're a beginner, there is no shame in writing out the prayer. My dad did this for his very first prayer. Like if you're going to do a public prayer. Yes, a public prayer. My dad did this. It was a first prayer. He was sweating bullets, just very, very uncomfortable. He did not grow up in the church. Some people think this is the most intimidating one, leading the prayer publicly, more so than a sermon or singing. He thought the same thing. He was just drenched in sweat, couldn't stand it. And... This is what he did, is he wrote down, and I think he wrote down Psalm 23, and then wrote some words to go along with it, like and uh, and prayed it, and you know what, hey, he was a brand new Christian, they were trying to get him up. No front. shame There's in that. no shame in that, so make sure that, that you're, you know, writing your prayer, you don't have to, but if you're really nervous, 
write the prayer down, go up there. There's no shame in that. Because you're putting thought into it beforehand. It, it's 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 real to you. But eventually the the, the hope and, and prayer I'm see what I did there. Hope and prayer is <laughs> that you kind of graduate into Joe is probably the best public prayer giver no, I have ever heard. You that's that's nice. not that's flattering either. He is very, very that, good I don't even... <laughs> It's like he's just having a conversation nice. with God out loud. And I think those are the best public pe- uh, prayer leaders Appreciate are those that. who you can tell it's not rehearsed. It's not like, well, let me just go down the checklist of all the things I'm supposed to hit. It's literally talking to God, leading everybody's thoughts in prayer. And, you know, that's just what we're, you know, we're approaching God's throne. And yeah. so, again, Joe does a great job You're with it. Nice. I think that's kind of the ultimate where every godly man should strive to get to is get to that point of where you are having a conversation out loud with God and you are directing everybody else's thoughts during that conversation. Do it at home. It'll be a lot easier to do it Absolutely. At, at worship. If you are singing in, or I mean, if you're praying, pray out loud at home. Sometimes it can feel weird. That really does get used to like, okay, I'm okay with this. Then you can get up in front of the congregation. As far as it goes with Lord's Supper, um, this is a, some churches don't even do this. As a matter of fact, we didn't at Jackson Temple for a little while. And I think you and I were kind of on the train of, hey, we really need to be giving some sort of, I don't know, I hesitate to call it a Devo, but just a talk. Lord's right? Supper thought. A yeah. Lord's Supper thought, exactly, that really leads the mind, gets everybody prepped, whether that be reading. A lot of people read First Corinthians 11, whatever it is. Matthew I 26. purposely, when I did it for the whole month of December, I stayed as far away from First Corinthians 11 as possible because <laughs> I everybody noticed. reads and I, that. And I'm I was, like, I refuse to read. He did a fantastic <laughs> job. We have, you know, each man takes a month. Will did a fantastic job. I did notice yeah. that he did not gravitate toward that. Nope. Um, you know, if that's what you do, if you're really nervous, and that's fine. Yeah, I was I'm gonna not say play the hits, play that, the hits. Yeah. That's okay. It's the same thing as picking a song that you're very familiar yeah. with. Is go up there if they ask you to do it. First Corinthians 11, Matthew 26. You know, pick out whatever. You know, John's got some great stuff in there, and, and obviously the there's even some Psalms. Yeah, you know, exactly. Besides 23 that you could hit. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I would say. Um, and then you have on here. Go ahead and get into the other couple things you got. Yeah, on here. like when. You, so the reason, the, the way you can increase your role uh, and improve your role here is when you're preparing a Lord's Supper talk, thought, Devo, whatever you want to call it. You have to decide. Okay, what am I going to choose to focus on? Yeah. What elements are am I going to highlight? Where am I going to direct everybody's thoughts? Because your job, at, if you're doing that, is to get everybody's thoughts prepared for the Lord's Supper. And yeah, they're supposed to do that themselves. But like, again, that's literally your whole reason for being up there. Yeah, is getting everybody mentally prepped. And so you get to choose what are you going to focus on? What are the thoughts you're going to, again, the scriptures you're going to highlight and the things you're going to direct people's minds to the, you know, the, there's so many things that go into that. And so again, when you're conducting, when you're writing one of those yourself, you do have to think about those things, maybe more so than you would if you weren't. And so, yeah, I would encourage you to, you know, go to your elders, go to your preacher and say, Hey, I would love to give one of these again, if your congregation does them. I would love to give one of these in you know next month. Can you put me on the list or whatever it is? I think that's a good way to get practice public speaking. That's right. And if you have a specific thing you do, like me visualizing, which you know, as I said, I haven't told anybody that, but that would be a good place to start. What am I going to tell people? Well, what do you visualize? Yeah. What do you do? Maybe use that as a starting point to say, okay, this is you don't have to tell them this is what I visualize, but like help them in that process as well, so that can make it easy. Last but not least, and we're going to have a full one, so we'll, we'll keep this one short because we we very much want to get into the preacher element to it. But as we get into the sermon. I would say as often as you can, seek out an opportunity, whether that be, uh, there's multiple opportunities we can get into, Devo's, Lord's Supper Devo, uh, Wednesday night devotional, five minutes, right? Uh, you have a campfire out back and, and everybody's kind of gathering around. You step up and be the one to do it. This is the going to be the hardest one mentally. We're going to have, we'll go ahead and, and spoil next the next episode that we're going to have, we're going to title, Should You Be a Preacher? We're going to talk about the role of a preacher, 
um, kind of the tendency for a lot of spiritual young men to gravitate towards that. We're going to whether we're not or not we think that's a good thing, bad thing. Um, stay tuned for that. That's coming next week. Um, but if you're looking to increase your role and your participation in, you know, giving sermons, giving talks, whatever, again, this will be the hardest one to start yeah. from scratch. If, if you already got some experience, it won't be that hard. If you don't, people are scared to death of this. Yeah. And so that's why I put on here, seek out the opportunities that you can, whether or not that's a three minute Lord's Supper talk or, or whether or not that's a five minute Wednesday night devotion or whether or not that's a, you know, 15 minute sermon, lads to leaders we already brought up, um, teaching a class maybe as you kind of kind of work your way up the ladder, so yep. to speak. But it's going to be something that I would – I do think it, it – not every young man is talented in this area, nor does every young man necessarily need to, you know, just be itching to get up there in front of people. Again, that's not the point. The point is it, I, I do think it's good for young men, and we'll, yep. we can save this discussion for next episode. But um, if you want to increase your role participation as far as that goes, I would encourage you just, just look for some opportunities. Again, ask your elders, yep. preachers, you know, preacher, whatever, hey, can I give the Lord's Supper talk? Maybe can I do the Wednesday night devotional, whatever. Um, because it also forces you to study. Yeah, forces yeah. you to open the Word of God if you're not doing that already, which hopefully you are, of course. You're godly and man. You're striving for right. Of course uh, you of course. are. Of course, yeah. But, um, again, increasing all these things. I hope this has been helpful. Again, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah. We we hit it you know, kind of full speed on some of these things. But hopefully you got out of this, first of all, that there are so many ways that we can increase and improve, uh, supercharge, really, our worship. Yeah. Focus, uh, physical participation, and even lead, the leading roles that we have. And so... Again, I hope this was helpful. There's a lot of ground that we covered. Anything you want to add as we, as we wrap up? It's called a battle. As I said, take this seriously. Prep yourself for the week ahead. Mentally prep yourself. Physically prep yourself. Be prepared to lead. Be prepared to step up. This is what's going to help not just you, but the congregation, everybody around you, your families as you grow older. This is a battle. We will win this. We already won the war, but battles individually are taking place day by day, week after week. This is where we begin to really prep to win that battle. The church needs godly young men who are focused for worship, participating in worship, and leading in worship. That's right. So that's that's our encouragement to you. Again, we're fresh into a new year. Make that commitment to, you know, again, if, if you if you have none of these areas, start with the mental. Yeah. If you've got that one down, move on to the physical, like the participation. If you got that down, look to lead. Those That would be our, I guess, our closing comments. Again, as always, we love to hear your feedback. If you've got any thoughts, maybe things you do um, physically, mentally, whatever that help you that we didn't that we didn't bring up. Comment. Let us know. Um, we've been getting some good Absolutely. comments lately. We 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 look at and read every single one yes, of them and, and try to respond to as many as we can. So keep that up. But Joe, if you've got nothing else, uh, we will wrap up right there. We'll be back next week. This was episode fifty-two. So we'll be back next week for episode fifty-three of the Godly Young Men podcast. Thanks for watching.